The reading today is from Exodus 2, verses 1 to 10. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see that it would, what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to the Pharaoh's daughters and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. This is the word of the Lord. I'm Emmelina, or M, as I'm normally called by people. Uh, before we start, shall we just have a word of prayer? Oh God, our Father, your word is so full of wonderful truths. Open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to learn this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I love reading about some of the characters in the Old Testament because we can learn so much from them. We see how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And today's reading is no exception. The story of Moses in the bulrushes is probably one of the best known Old Testament stories. And I wonder how many of you as children had a Bible, children's Bible with a picture of this event in it. Because that is what it is. It was an event in the history of the uh, Jewish people. Not a fairy story like some people like to view it. It was an actual event with real people. So for us to understand this and see the significance of this event in Jewish history, we need to look at what was happening at this time. When Joseph of the Court of Many Colours fame saved the land of Egypt from starvation during the seven years of famine, the Pharaoh at that time, as a sign of appreciation, gave Joseph people, Joseph's people, the Hebrews, Goshen in which to live. There over the years they grew into a large nation who 
in the story today, at the time of Pharaoh of this story, he knew nothing of what Joseph had done. And he looked at these people and he was frightened. So he made them his slaves. He thought that if he worked them hard enough, they would not be able to increase any more. He was frightened that if Egypt was attacked, they would help the attackers and Egypt would be conquered. So his plan was to work the Hebrews as hard as he could so that they wouldn't have any more children, especially any more sons. But his plan failed. So he went on to his next plan of action. He ordered the Hebrew midwives to suffocate all baby boys born at birth, claiming that they were still born. But we are told in chapter 1 and verse 17, the midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. They told him that the babies were already born before they arrived on the scene, so they couldn't claim that they were still born. So, not to be foiled in his evil plan, he ordered the Egyptian people to throw all baby boys into the river Nile. And unfortunately, because the people feared their pharaoh, they obeyed the order. And this was the situation into which Moses was born. We learn from Exodus chapter 6 that his mother was named Jochebed, and she already had a son and a daughter born before this pharaoh's cruel edict. For three months after her son was born, she hid him at home. But then it became impossible to continue. So she made a waterproof basket and hid him in the rushes or the reeds in the river Nile, the very place he was meant to meet his death. Then she placed her daughter Miriam on guard. When sometime later Pharaoh's daughter discovered the baby, Miriam asked if she could go and find a net wet nurse for her. And she returned with her own mother, who was then paid to look after the child in her own home until he was weaned. You know, God certainly has a sense of humor. So on this Mothering Sunday, I think that this passage contains some profound teaching for us all, fathers, mothers, grandparents, godparents, and those who have no children, because we are all part of this church family. This passage teaches us about the value of children and our responsibility to nurture them in the Christian faith and to give them a sense of God's destiny for their lives. And I think that's very important, that they realize that God has a plan for their lives. So we've looked at the bare bones of this appealing little story, but now we're going to draw out some important lessons. And as we take a closer look, I want you to be part of the story. I want you to imagine that you are either Moses' mother, father, grandparents, or siblings. And as the narrative unfolds, try to imagine how they were feeling. Remembering that unlike us, they had no idea how things were going to work out. 
We told in verse 2 that Moses' mother saw that he was a fine child, or some translations, a beautiful child. But the Hebrew word for beautiful also conveys the meaning that Moses' mother sensed there was something special about their new baby. This only made her the more determined to do something very daring and dangerous, something that could have cost them their lives. This is how Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23 puts it. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king, that is the pharaoh's edict. His parents had a very real faith in God, a faith they were ready to act upon. However, after three months, Moses' mother knew that she had to do something else if she wanted her son to have a chance to live. So she made her son a watertight basket, and the Hebrew word for basket is tiba, and it is the same word used of Noah's ark. So a vessel that saved the lives of all who were within it. And in the same way, Jochebed trusted her son's life would be spared. The River Nile was, was and still is a dangerous and fast-flowing crocodile-infested river. However, she placed the basket, or the mini-ark, among the reeds by the bank of the river. Here the water was shallow and the current too weak to carry the basket away. But she might have had another reason for placing the basket there, knowing that Pharaoh's daughter frequently came there to bathe. It was a daring plan of faith. Because Pharaoh's daughter might have changed her routine and she might not have come there. Even if she did come, there was the strong possibility that she would hand him over to her father to be killed. But Jochebed did all that she could do to keep her son safe. Now she was handing him over to God for safekeeping. Her faith was active not passive, trusting God for the outcome. Some people might say that what happened next was a series of coincidences, but I think they were a series of miracles. Jochebed hoped that Pharaoh's daughter would come to the riverbank where she'd hidden her son, and the miracle was that she did come. Her calculated risk had paid off. Miracle number two could not have been calculated. Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket and told her servants to bring it to her. Then, as she opened it up, the baby started to cry. We've already read that he was a beautiful baby. And he was looking up at Pharaoh's daughter with tears in his eyes running down his little face. Who, what woman could have resisted such a baby? The next miracle was even more spectacular. Pharaoh's daughter could see from the way he was dressed that he was a Hebrew child. She knew of her father's orders regarding Hebrew babies, male babies, so she knew 
why he was there in the reeds. But all of this went by the boards because according to verse 6, she felt sorry for him. Then later, when Moses was weaned, Pharaoh's daughter miraculously was able to convince her father to allow him, to allow her to adopt him and raise him as her son. But I think miracle number four is the most spectacular of them all. Miriam, Moses' sister, who had been about seven years old or perhaps a little bit older at that time, had enough courage to approach the princess and ask if she could find a wet nurse for the baby. Given permission to do so, she went and got her mother. Didn't it occur to Pharaoh's daughter who the wet nurse might be? But she gave no indication of this, but instead told Moses' mother to take the child home, to feed and look after him, and then when he was weaned, uh, to bring him back to her. So, not only did Moses' mother get to nurse him openly and in safety, but she was paid for doing so. Well, I regard that as a miracle in anybody's books. The Bible tells us that God honors those who honor him. And Moses' mother had honored him by having sufficient faith to entrust her son into his care. And God wasn't about to let her down. On this Mothering Sunday, it's good to look at the important part parents, and in particular, a mother plays in the life of her child. Jochebed was a woman of faith, and she believed that her baby was not only important to her, but also was important to God. In Ephesians 2 and verse 10, we read, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. This verse applies as much to Jochebed as to Moses. One of the good works God had prepared for her was to entrust her son into God's care and to raise that child in the ways of her God. This meant that she had to fear God's displeasure more than Pharaoh's anger and punishment. It took tremendous faith on her part and great sadness as she had to give her child up. Not once, but twice. First time in the basket and the second time, which I think would have been even harder, when he was about four years old. She didn't know the outcome or what the future held for him, but she trusted God to watch over him. So she willingly took a great risk in letting go of him. She also believed that there was something special about Moses. And she was right, because God had a plan for his life. Our children may not be destined to be great leaders as Moses was, but they are no less important to God. And he also has a plan for their lives. From what is known about Egyptian adoption customs, Jochebed would have looked after 
Moses for about three or four years before she handed him up to be adopted. As we all know, these are the most impressionable years of a child's life. And Moses spent these years with his mother in his own home. Being a woman of faith, I'm sure his mother made the most of this time to teach him about their belief in their God. And we read in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God. So her influence lasted the next 30 odd years in his life. We don't hear any more about Jochebed because her work was done. So on this Mothering Sunday, we can learn something from this extraordinary mother. I think the first thing we learn is that she was a woman with a very real faith. A faith she was prepared to act upon and pass on to her son. When things were really bad and there didn't seem any way out, she didn't despair. But being a woman of faith, I'm sure she prayed about the situation. She came up with this very daring and dangerous plan. And after she'd put it into action, she then had to hand it over to God. When she had done all she could, she allowed God to take over. In Psalm 46, we read, Be still and know that I am God, which I think means, hands off now and see what I, God, can do. There have been many occasions in my life when God has shown me that I'm trying to do his job for him uh, instead of just doing my part. And when I have handed over to God, I have seen he is God. He can do what I can't do. It isn't always an easy thing to do. And like Jochebed, we need courage and faith. Not only did she hand over her plan to God, but she was also handing over her child. She was committing her son into God's care. As mothers, I don't think we can do anything better for our children. Jochebed might have never seen her son again, but I'm sure that didn't stop her praying for him. She probably never saw the results of her prayers, but things might have been very different if she hadn't prayed them and acted on her faith. On numerous occasions, Jesus told his disciples to be persistent in prayer. And in James chapter 5, we read, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You might be thinking, well, that rules me out. But the Bible teaches us that we are all made righteous by the blood of Jesus. So this does apply to us. Our prayers are powerful and effective. Jochebed had to let Moses go. Out of her control and influence. And there comes a time in every mother's life when she has to do that. 
Our children, like Moses, will be influenced by other people and might live a very different lifestyle to ours. They might even, like Moses, appear to abandon the faith in which he'd been brought up. If that happens, like Jochebed, we mustn't despair, but pray earnestly and persistently for them and entrust them into God's care, allowing him to do his work in his way and his time in their lives. In 2 Timothy, Paul says this of Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. May this be true of us and our children. May this be our legacy to them. Amen.